<laughs> are there are there like there are full cuts of of these animated films where the well, the crew is the voice? Yeah, yeah. pretty much when you start working there, you gotta you gotta be become a character. So oh, that's great. Yeah. So I mean, I'm like I don't have any acting skills, but you say the line about twenty times, I'm sure one of them will be good enough. All right, I think that's we're. Uh, we're ready to get started. Are you ready to get started? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get out of here. It's Friday, right? Right. Cool. Well, uh, welcome everyone to the latest episode of Sidekick Back Radio. I've totally lost track of what number I'm on, uh, but it's uh, June 24th, and I'm sitting here with Drew Kilcoin. How you doing, Drew? I'm doing good. <laughs> cool. <laughs> well, thanks for letting me into your soundproofed office for yeah. a super sweet sounding episode. For yeah. Me. You are our editor for Highway to Havasu. Correct. So this is another installment of Highway to Havasu. Yeah. And thank you so much for all your work. Thanks, man. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I remember, I think, I don't know, you found me some on some sort of posting. I, or I don't know how <laughs> Actually, I got... well, previous guest of the podcast, Aaron Butler, um, I reached out to him uh, to see if anyone, you know, would be interested in editing. Yeah. And uh, you emailed me. Oh uh, yeah, he must he post he posted on some sort of like yeah. secret group that we Well, had. I know he like yeah. kind of spread it out amongst yeah. his friends and word of mouth. That's and... probably what happened. I think he spread it to a friend yeah. of a friend who I'm a friend. Yeah. So Yeah, so eventually you emailed me and uh here and we then, are. And then I called Jeff and then I think it was Oh yeah, I'll call you back. I never heard anything for a month and then I got a random phone call from Amber. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, oh yeah, I remember yeah, I remember this this movie." Yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, when can you start? I'm like, oh, okay. It's <laughs> yeah. so funny because now it's like, I feel like, not so much anymore, but like definitely a few months ago, we were, we were communicating every day. Right. You know, rushing to get it in for the festival and right. all that. So <laughs> we've come yeah, a long way. I know. Right. I always like to start with, I guess, where, where you started. Like, uh, where, where are you from originally? I was a military brat, so I'm from all over, but pretty much the East Coast. Grew up in Virginia and New Jersey, so I pretty much call New Jersey home, right outside Philadelphia. Huh. So, um, yeah, and then moved, you know, was born in England, Louisiana, but, you know. Born in England, Louisiana? Born in England, moved to Louisiana, Whoa. Virginia, <laughs> New Jersey, Pennsylvania for school, Kentucky for two years, mm-hmm. and now California. Wow. Yeah, so I've been all over. So your dad, I assume, was... Yeah, my dad was... Yeah, he was a pilot in the military. So In the Air Force? Yeah, in the Air Force. Whoa. If you you, you, well, if you ever go up to the Reagan Library, you ever been there? No, but I've... If you go, to, yeah. that plane in that library, Air Force One, he flew that plane from 89 to 93. Your dad was Ronald Reagan's pilot? No, or? that was Air Force Two. The new, the new Air Force One was in office so he would fly quail on that and barbara bush on that gotcha map. so it was used as air force but i had one on the air force one uh-huh which is pretty cool as a kid i, I was yeah you know did you see, I, I assume you've seen air force one yeah the movie and i don't yeah. think it, i can remember like when i saw it if it had like <laughs> flo- the plans or the like it looked like it what it did do know? they have that pod in the cargo bay no. that's not <laughs> no. No. no they do not have an escape pod i got you. Cool. So you bounced around all over, I'd imagine, for high school as well? No, I stayed in New Jersey, you know, was all through high school and pretty much college. Was, oh, cool. So, so you, that's you why settled down. Yeah. You settled down at one point in New Jersey. I looked out as a military brat because it was eight years in, I mean, eight years in Virginia, eight years in New Jersey. Oh, okay. So you know, it, that's easy for a military kid. I gotcha. So, yeah. Cool. Um, what, what would you say was your high school experience like, um, 
in terms of, like, did you do film or were you kind of becoming a film geek? Were you discovering that part of yourself? Like, I, you all, you know, it's funny. You always go back to your childhood to see something that, you know, kind of puts you on the path of what you're going to do in life. Mm -hmm. And I lived in a, in a, you know, suburban neighborhood in Virginia with a, you know, a mini mall, you know, right about right down the street. And they had, at the time it was called Errol's, which was eventually bought out by Blockbuster. Hmm. And my mom, you know, back in those days, you were allowed to ride your bike anywhere and not worry about kids. So, I mean, you know, weird things. And I would always go to the video store and just go and get movies and go get movies. And they'd always have wait lists for the new movies coming out. And I still vividly remember waiting. I must have been like 10, 12 years, 11, 12 years old. I don't know. Waiting like four hours at the store just for a copy of Back to the Future 2. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and then... I went to high school and then we had, you know, I loved working in it. We had actually had like a TV station in high school that was actually played throughout the county in New Jersey. Oh, wow. So when I got to learn how to edit, you know, tape to tape, the old school, Whoa. old school way where you actually made decisions and didn't go back and question that decision because it was a lot harder to yeah. not like nonlinear editing. Yeah. And uh, somebody told me I could go and study movies. <laughs> in college i said what <laughs> i said well, all right i'll do that so i ended up i was an athlete so i ended up i was a swimmer so i ended up going to school for swimming and film oh wow but then i quit swimming my first year and then did film and my, i didn't i went to penn state and it wasn't a huge film school and i wasn't immersed in it i mm -hmm. was like oh i want to work for nfl films which was you know huh football and Movie making. Right. And it was on the East Coast. In like those incredibly like dramatic documentaries yeah. that they make out of dun, game dun, film. Dun, dun, yeah. Dun, dun, you know, the, the, that music. Yeah. yeah. I actually interned there while I was at Penn State. It was great. And I'll never forget. Uh, this is a funny story. It was an old building. And I'm in the bathroom taking a shit. And <laughs> that voice, the voice of NFL films, the VO booth was right next to it. And you could overhear... <laughs> <laughs> like him doing the VO, I forget his name. It's not Harry Cowell. Harry Cow I can't remember. But uh -huh. anybody that watches those, you know, those documentaries knows the voice of NFL films. But that's it was cool summer. <laughs> I'd <laughs> imagine would... taking a shit became much more dramatic yeah. during those <laughs> days. <laughs> you know. He's um, at the five. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, I had fun in college and undergrad and. You know, I, my parents had moved to Kentucky, so I didn't have a job right out of school. I was hoping to get some NFL films, didn't get it. Mm -hmm. Went to Kentucky, started working in production television, like, you know, news broadcasting television. In Louisville? Yeah, in Louisville, Kentucky. Mm -hmm. And um, I uh, hated it. You know, I just knew it's not what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, we got to edit, like, spots. But, you know, and I always knew that I wanted to do editing because I just liked it. Um, so... I use going to grad school as a reason to finally move to Los Angeles and, you know, mm -hmm. move out west. I oh, I put it as I was a wimp right out of undergrad because I had about five of my <laughs> friends at Penn State Film School that yeah. moved out here right away. They're all still here. And they did it right away. I wish I would have done it right away. But, you know, moved out here. went to Chapman down in Orange County. And um, then went to grad school there for three years. And it's grad school for editing? Yeah. It was like, it's a master's of, you know, fine arts. And you literally did, you know, you can go for directing, editing, sound design, or cinematography, uh -huh. production design, screenwriting. Wow. So I went for, you know, editing right away. And I knew when I got there, the first year to me was all elementary rewind crap that I had learned at Penn State. So I took on all these editing projects of 
people that were doing their thesis film mm -hmm. and didn't care about my little projects. And I would throw together something on a Sunday night at eight o'clock that was due eight o'clock in the morning on Monday because <laughs> I just they were pointless. You know? Yeah, and grades don't matter in film school too. Yeah. So you know, I met a lot of good people there and collaborated a lot, and you learn a lot. Yeah, um, working on short films, bad short films, <laughs> and um, I studied under a uh, editor named Paul Cedar. He um, he's probably the number one Sam Peckinpah historian. So you learned a lot about Sam Peckinpah. He's written a lot of books on him, but he's also an editor. You know, no, pretty much known for he did White Man Can't Jump, Tin Cup. Uh, let's see, I don't know. The program, do you remember the program, the football movie that they made a big stink about no. when we were kids? About they lied down in the middle of the road and they took it out of the movie because they thought kids were doing it. Anyway, it's no. an old, I've old never heard of the old program. Miramax movie. Wow, the program. Uh, I can't think. But anyways, he was my mentor. <laughs> mm -hmm. And what was cool, our first year, he was working on a movie called Guess Who, which was a remake of Guess Who's Coming to Dinner with uh, Bernie Mac, Bernie Mac and, and Ashton Kutcher. Kutcher. Ashton yeah, Kutcher. I remember that. Yeah. And before it came out, months and months and months before it came out, he was giving us dailies. Whoa. So we got to, and like it was only six of us, and we got to uh, work with actual dailies and learn how, you know, which is great because you're working on uh, an actual, you know, major motion picture dailies. Yeah. So we learned how to cut and we would review scenes, ask us why he we chose to cut there or what he would suggest timing wise there was no there was nothing about textbook reading writing it was all do discuss what you can do better yeah and so yeah and then ended up doing a lot of short films i swear i don't know how many <laughs> totaling over 100 plus festivals some of my short films have been to and uh that was school. I mean, yeah. yeah. That was your education, which I'm sure yeah. is still going on today, but. Yeah. Still, it, well, still paying for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but at a certain point, I, I, I mean, going to Chapman, LA is, you know, just up the road. Right. So I'd imagine the transition for you was pretty quick and you just, you know, moved to a little north and. Yeah. And then you're an, you're an editor. I, I think mean, like well, one week after graduation, I was up in. Yeah. Yeah. I lucked out. Well, so what I did is in my third year, because it's a three year program. I started working on an indie feature on, on at night in Beverly Hills, and I would drive up and assist on it. I wasn't getting paid, but I thought I would get paid. Mm -hmm. It was a crappy Freddie <laughs> Prince Jr. movie with her, him and Taryn Manning. Anyways, the editor was really cool. His name Matthew Booth. Um, did that for, and then he ended up leaving the movie, and then a new editor came in, and he was just, uh, just wasn't. You know, nice to the fact that I was driving up for free and uh -huh. I hadn't been paid. He was a little bit more demanding, and I said, "I'm, you know, I'm not doing this for free." And yeah. Anyways, the original editor he ended up getting me my first. He said, "Hey, I got a documentary." It was literally a week after I graduated. I got a documentary. They need an assistant editor. I went in. He said, "I'm leaving to go. I was going to edit it, but I'm leaving to go do, you know, a narrative." Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay. So I got there. This uh, started organizing this footage. Um, then they, the director and producer said, hey, can you cut, you know, small stories of each character? Start stringing that out. Kept doing that. And then they gave me notes on just these small stories. And then yeah. I, they're like, then we did a trailer. And then finally, at one point, they said, uh, you're going to be our editor. <laughs> I'm like, all right. You want the job. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. It was a little documentary called They Came to Play. It was a piano documentary about a competition that goes down, down in... Um, Texas, 
every four years of amateur wow. piano players over 35. Wow. So, and that's, you know, did that doc, and then I went on to do another doc, and then I did one that, uh, my third doc was, I think it was the third one. Third and fourth one were going on at the same time. The third one everyone's seen, a lot of people have seen on Netflix, it's called Craigslist Joe. Yeah. And what, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm halfway through it and definitely have some questions about okay, it. But yeah. I mean, so at what point in your, so you did this doc and then how long after that did Craigslist Joe come around? Probably six months later. You know, I had done, oh, wow. another, I had done a, a, I was a friend, friend of Chapman said her friend had done this doc and was looking for an editor and I you know, I'd already done two docs. One mm-hmm. was another one was called American Betrayed. It was narrated by Richard Dreyfus. It was this whole thing about the Army Corps of Engineers in New Orleans. If you want to watch like an hour and a half news piece, it's kind of what it is. <laughs> so, anyways, um, and so yeah, he uh, he. Um, do you want to go start talking about that? I'm wondering. Well, yeah. So um, I guess my first question for about Craigslist Joe is is how how did you get that gig? Because I know that the the center. The, the guy who's the centerpiece is assistant to Todd Phillips Tom or Phillips, yeah. was assistant to Todd Phillips. So like, I'd imagine that job could have gone to a lot of people. Yeah. You know, um, we met, you know, the funny thing is I don't know if we met or we just talked. Like I said, it was a friend of a friend. She went to undergrad with Joe. Mm-hmm. She passed on my resume. We met. I don't know if we met or yeah, we what? I met with the baby, the producer and him. And he told me what he did. It was pretty cool. And he, he, the story with that was they had just finished shooting The Hangover. And he felt like he had to go do this. And like that month, like the first, it was like the first month of like mm-hmm. editing or something for The Hangover. I got you. Cause he was at, because he was Todd Phillips' assistant at the time. Yeah. And uh, he asked him to go take a month off to go do this. Go do that excursion. Mm-hmm. So... Um, <laughs> So yeah, that he came back, and what was great about that? Everything had already been the best. The worst thing about documentaries <laughs> is that they're not ninety percent of the time aren't scripted. Yeah. So as an editor, you're you're pretty you, much you're writing the, writer. the script. Yeah. Writing the script. This one, it didn't have a script, but it was you know linear. Yeah. You had a day one to day, you know, thirty one. Yeah. So you, I had to go and you know day one to thirty one. So it was made it made it easier. Mm-hmm. In the sense, you know, I had to, you know, script to, you know, somewhat, I guess, a, a timeline to go. Yeah. So yeah, I I just started going the, through the footage and editing it all together, timeline wise. The really really boring stuff, which I, at one point I thought we were going to release it, but we never never did. Like online as little snippets of stuff that you didn't see in the movie because there was so much. Yeah. So much stuff. Yeah. One of one of my questions is, I mean, what was, what's the craziest thing that you saw that's that didn't end up in Craigslist Joe? Craziest. You're, this is a long time. I mean, I can't forget. This is like five years, six years ago. I'm trying to remember. Um, one of my, I still one of my funniest things was is he still hadn't left L.A. Mm-hmm. and he was just calling every single thing like post on on Craigslist, <laughs> and then there was a post looking for a whistler, like somebody that whistles. Somebody that can whistle. Yeah. Okay. So he called the guy and he was trying to whistle like through the phone and it was pretty, it was freaking hysterical. And he's like, wait, that wasn't good enough. Come on, man. You know, so that, yeah, that one was, you know, that one was funny. You know, it just wasn't funny enough, mm-hmm. you know, to make the, yeah. to make the cut, but. Yeah, so, the, so it sounds like the craziest stuff made it in. Like. Yeah, the craziest. I mean, nothing like super 
scary crazy mm-hmm. happened to him, which is, you know, which kind of, I mean, I still think the funniest, weirdest stories in the movie when he meets that guy that wants to start a band <laughs> and he lives above like a laundry, I don't know where he like somewhere in la- that laundromat and then yeah, you walk it, in and this is my office and it's a, just a trash, yeah, just trash pile. <laughs> yeah. And so that was pretty, I remember he talking about how he was weirded out about that. Yeah. And the lyrics to the yeah. first song we hear, I think it's like something it's about some, the government, yep. something about the government. <laughs> yeah. So that was hysterical. Yeah. Um, Interesting. And then you and you just can't plan for what, you know, their that guy's Travis's car breaks down. Yeah. And you can't plan <laughs> with and you, funny side note, if you've seen the movie, Joey had to and I don't I don't know if he ever did because I always kept making him feel bad. He never got that bike back oh. uh, for the kid. So uh-huh. I think he ended up buying him a new bike. Oh. You know, so I hope that's right. You yeah. Because I always like, what happened to the bike? Did you get it? he's like, I don't know. Like, it's in a junkyard somewhere while we were editing the movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, how, how much footage was there? I mean, I don't know. The first, you want to know the, the first cut of it was five hours long. Oh, wow. And we watched all five hours, wrote notes. And, <laughs> and it wasn't like a boring five hours, yeah. you know, because you, you're interested in seeing what's happening. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when we say we watched it, it was, you know, the people that are involved in making the movie and, yeah. you know, family and friends. Yeah. So, I mean, they're... There was a film at AFI, I think, to, uh, to, not this year, but uh, last the year before last, and it was it was five a five hour Filipino epic. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I just I could never sit down. On <laughs> I mean, it's like I said, it's something we we wish at one point we we're gonna we were gonna put, you know, stuff uh, online. Yeah. But uh, yeah, well, that, you know, that one. I'm trying to. There was a lot of stuff you didn't see, but what we tried to do is we came up with a gimmick. I don't know if you saw the gimmick. We figured it out. The gimmick is we took stuff and condensed it into that. Like if you were clicking on things that he was doing, we made those four corner. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it was a layout of a Craigslist behind, and we put four different videos on of the things that he was doing. Mm-hmm. And you'd click on it, and then you'd hear the voice. That's how we condensed like everything he was doing in between, like two cities or gotcha. something. Stuff that wasn't super interesting, yeah. But there was like a little blurb. Uh-huh. Like they had a funny line or something. Yeah, nice. So, um, but yeah, we worked on that for a while. You know, I got, I don't know how many, how long we worked on it. We worked on it a while. Yeah. We went through so many, a lot of cuts. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, they did a good job with their, you know, they went, they chopped it around and it just wasn't biting and the festivals weren't biting. So they did the whole like marketing and everything on their own and they did really good because mm-hmm. they got out and they started getting out you know getting out there on tv shows when it came out and everything and yeah the news and he was on all kinds of different news outlets so they did a really good job of marketing mm-hmm. them, themselves yeah i forget what distributor they got but you know and they did it really well is it yeah oh it's gravitas i just Which had another you are, yeah split yeah, and yeah, also yeah, going yeah, through gravitas yeah 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 so they and then it was like it was cool to see it was like the number one doc on itunes for like two or three weeks nice. so that was cool when it was up against i think the cove which was like an amazing doc yeah you know that, that, that one I, I think one of the oscars yeah. yeah so and you know people had seen that type of like 30 day you know the morgan spurlock type 30 yeah. days blah 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 so it wasn't anything new but it was it's a what i thought it was like a doc for the masses it was like a doc that could you could show to somebody that wasn't really interested in mm-hmm. documentaries yeah and Definitely. that was one camera too, and that was really 
you know, that was, that was, well, it was good for me, but it was, you know, it was also tough. So, cause I, at that time I really wasn't, I just hated jump cuts. Yeah. Like, cause you're, if you do a jump cut, I feel like you're hiding truth in the story. Huh. You know, especially when you're sitting down for a discussion. Yeah. You know, even though, you know, you're cutting something, if somebody sees a jump cut there, you know, you know, especially with company, I've taken something out and I, I didn't like that. I think there's maybe one or a couple. There's a, there's some in there, but you know, especially only when it comes stylistically wise, mm-hmm. where you don't think you're missing something for a conversation. Yeah. When there's dialogue going on, I don't like you know conversation. I didn't want to do jump cuts because, you know, it just again I just didn't feel like I feel like you're making propaganda. Yeah. You know, even though every documentary is propaganda, <laughs> <laughs> everything you everything you see on tvs yeah documentary wise is manipulated well then let's jump over to narratives right. give documentaries a break <laughs> um you've you've been uh, assistant editor on a, on a lot of really great projects yeah um and i guess uh before we talk specifics i mean my first question is is what what are the duties of an assistant editor versus a lead editor like how how does the assistant exactly you know kind of set how, how set they, it up for the, the editor yeah well, an assistant in you know the the narrative world is what you know is you get you get your dailies delivered to you from the by the lab of the day that's been you know whatever's been shot that day. Most of the times it should be sunk. So you take it, you go over all your paperwork, which are camera reports, sound reports, you know, line script, and a daily editor's log, everything that was shot. So while you're looking at all the footage, you have a paper trail of what was shot. So you make sure you have everything. Hmm. And then what you do is you start in whatever editing system you you know, working on, you start organizing it by scene. You mark it up when I see, you know, scene take. Um, if it was a select take by the, the director, or if there's notes in the script notes from the script supervisor, like, hey, the director really likes this, likes this line. You try and mark all that up, all that stuff up in the, in the, um, in the software. In, in the software. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, it all depends on what, you know, what your editor likes you to do. Sometimes the editor likes, all the takes strung out, you know, in blocks, like mm-hmm. all the setups, like I like it in blocks. So, you know, all set up, you know, scene one, take one in a block and then scene one A in a block. So you have all, you can go to all the different blocks and watch them through real quick mm-hmm. on a sequence. And so you, what your main duty is making the editor happy, making him an or organizing all the footage, you know, during dailies so he can get right in and cut right away. And, you know, there's no hiccup. Mm-hmm. Secondary duties are during when you know what I would say during your first cut are is putting together like music and sound effects, pulling sound effects for every scene. He'll say, "Okay, I've cut this scene. Can you layer it with sound effects?" Hmm. So you go through and start layering it with sound effects and building what you call like a soundtrack or sound design or soundscape for that scene. And uh, that's that's cool because sometimes editors don't let you do that. Some do. It's creative, you know. It's not just like you're button pushing, organizing. Yeah. So, and then um, once you start getting deeper into after like a rough cut, you know, the editor all all the paperwork and exports and to all kinds of, and then you start dealing with different vendors. And the biggest one you normally still first start dealing with is visual effects. You start marking up visual effects shots, sending them out to vendors. Mm-hmm. They come back and give you temps and. Sometimes you're building a temp visual effect in the Avid mm-hmm. just so it's screenable, even though it looks terrible. It's just so it, yeah. they get an idea of what it's supposed to look like. And then you start getting your visual effects 
once in a while you start placing them in in different yeah. stages. So, and you know that that'll take you all the way up until the movie's almost done. Yeah, you know, and then you also after dealing with visual effects, you start dealing with music people. You know, you start giving all the music people cuts. They, you know, start start sending you music and you start bringing in the score and then they, they do revisions and all that type of stuff. Yeah. Then you deal with, you know, the post sound. Post sound is, you know, say like Skywalker sound. They do all the post sound and you start sending them. Re- when you get closer to lock, it's, it's, you know, everyone always hates sending stuff and then having it to change. Mm-hmm. You know, the indie films are normally wait till it's pure lock before they send, but like films, the bigger films I work on, you're always sending stuff and they do changes. Yeah. But they build the sound, like the true, they'll go and do real good, not just janky, like, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> no janky sound effects that we just happened to make, you know, and um, they'll really put it together. Yeah. How, is is there some sort of internal server that you guys use or something? Because, like, you're talking about sending so many files to so many people, and this content has got to be so protected and kept under wraps. Right. How do you guys go about securing that? There's you know? there, there's a pretty much a universal um, program that everyone uses called called Aspera, and it's a uh, you send stuff what they call packages that are all encrypted, and you do all the you know you build a folder of what you want to send and you put it into that program, and it's all encrypted with passwords, blah blah blah, mm-hmm. and then an email. Well, depending on how big the files are, like sometimes I'll send like you know. 75 gigs, you know, and, you know, depends on how long it's sometimes it upload quick, excuse mm-hmm. me, upload quickly, mm-hmm. download, but whoever you're sending it to gets an email said, Hey, download and you download and pass it. Yeah. And so it's pretty much everyone uses that, especially if you're like all over the world and country, right. country. but a lot, and then a lot of times you'll, you'll do encrypted drives, like, cause a lot of people are in LA. So somebody will give me a drive and I'll hook it up and I'll drop all the material on that. Like, and, like a and physical and, hard drive. Yeah. Like a physical hard drive. It, and yeah. then you get. You get a runner to run it to mm-hmm. whatever vendor it's being sent to. Gotcha. So yeah, that's normally what. They, and then they also for people to watch stuff. One of the main softwares everyone uses is called Pix, P-I-X, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like a, I guess, a similarly looking like iTunes folder system. Yeah. You, what if your movie's working? You know, whatever company you're working for has it. You drop all the dailies on there, and people watch them and can make notes on them and stuff. And it goes back to like the editor and director and they can see notes made at different time codes and like stuff circled and stuff like that. So that's pretty, that's the number one, I would say, uh, how, you know, directors see their dailies every day now and in today's world. They're normally, when I worked on, you know, later on, when I worked on the Zemeckis movies, that's what what we use. Well, no, that's a great segue into Zemeckis. I mean, you mentioned... Um, Back to the Future too. Yeah. <laughs> you were waiting for Back to the Future too when you were 10, 11, 12 yeah. years old. And then, you know, a few years later, you're assistant editor on Flight. Yeah, uh, Flight was the first one. Yeah, Flight and and later The Walk. The Walk, I mean, yeah. Were you stoked? You're not, you're, you are Yeah, well, no, it was, it, was, it. it was pretty amazing because it's, you don't, it doesn't hit you, you know, you, you like something like that just doesn't hit you until like your first or second day because those were, that was my first it was my second major motion picture I'd done a lot of indies mm-hmm. my first major motion picture was like I won't call it major but it was like Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D and I went on location for that for only two months mm-hmm. and then the walk came I mean excuse me flight came like two or three months later mm-hmm. and we shot that in Atlanta and you don't you don't it doesn't hit you until you're sitting there talking with 
talking with, you know, Bob. Bob. Yeah. <laughs> like, everyone's like, wait, who? But, yeah. His name's but, Robert. Yeah. And you're like, and, no, and, Bob. But he, yeah, the funny thing is it, it didn't take him. It took him all through flight. He called me the wrong name all through flight. <laughs> and then it wasn't until the walk on the first day of the walk. I was like, hey, Drew, good. Nice to see you again. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> he remembers. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> it was just like one or like a couple days into shooting of the flight. It was like, I am on like a movie of like the director of almost half the movies I loved growing mm-hmm. up. Yeah. I mean, you forget about like who framed Roger Rabbit because, you know, you love the Back to the Futures, but then you yeah. forget about like who framed Roger Rabbit. You forget about, you know, Forrest Gump. You mm-hmm. know, those are, you know, those are just like such good. It's like, other than that, it was Spielberg, you know. Yeah. It, Robert Zemeckis and Spielberg at that time, you know, at, you know, late 80s, early 90s, you know, as a, you know, a little kid going into, going into a teenager, those were the movies that you loved. Yeah. So it was it was like a vir- like a reality like oh my god all the hard work has paid off, you know I would have never and you know if you would have told me at Penn State I was one day would work on a Robert Zemeckis movie <laughs> as an assistant editor you know it was a good dream come true yeah. yeah it was pretty cool w- I imagine watching the dailies was there any like uh, I guess that is it really that simple moments you know like listening to him give direction well you, you know, don't really the, hear. You don't hear he, it. You or? don't hear it as much you know, on the dailies because he's you know they're all they're all off they're camera. All on, yeah, yeah, they're loved. Yeah, they're all off camera, but you know, or he doesn't. Or I guess the, he, he normally the doesn't. He, talks he cuts. It. You know, they're never giving direction. Is normally not. It's normally if there's something still rolling, it's normally a camera hmm. for him, and he has like everything edited and is like physically not edited but physically camera position that he's like a master at it. Bringing a camera into a a scene setting a scene or bringing you into a scene and you know the key the best one is i best example is that you know following the feather mm-hmm. down to force gump on the on the, bench, uh, on the yeah. bench you know i mean of course that's opening the movie but if you watch a lot of his movies he's got these nice long shots that sometimes bring you into a scene mm-hmm. etc i mean there's a lot in the walk if you see you know when you watch mm-hmm. the walk there's a lot of camera he's just a master and what's great about him and watching him is that he trusts everyone he works with you know, he is there to tell the story and get the best out of the actors. And he's not over anyone's shoulder. He's like that with, like, the, you know, the camera guy. They, they let He lets his guys shoot. He lets his guys edit. You know, yeah. he'll trust everyone he collaborates with to do yeah. their job. You know. Yeah. So. Well, so um, my the question I asked before, I guess I mentioned, like, listening on the dailies. But, but uh, it also might extend to uh, the conversations you would have with him in, in, in meetings and stuff. Like, when you guys meet as a team. Like, it, you know, I, I said, uh, is it really that simple? You know, like, this guy made these movies that you worship as a kid, right. and then you're working with him, you know, you get to peek behind the curtain. Right. You know? Well, I was the lotus on the tom- totem pole, I guess you can say, in the uh, editorial. And, you know, in an editing room, you're, t- you know, you're taught, you don't, you only talk to your editor. You normally don't talk mm-hmm. to, and in a general sense, you don't, you don't, when I say don't talk, you don't, you don't interject with the director unless right, right. you're spoken to right you know? yeah and um what's cool about bob is he does like and i'm when i say the lowest there was a first assistant ryan who the probably the best first assistant ever and he's an amazing assistant editor um that's been had been working with zemeckis and jeremiah who the editor was mm-hmm. um since polar express so they they're like well-oiled machines you know and i was mm-hmm. the new guy and learning the ropes yes and but he likes to have somebody in the room while they're editing to take notes and then if bob says like hey 
let's grab this song. Let's try to, you know, he does interject and talk. And that's one of the cool things. He's very personable, which is cool. And, you know, I didn't, you know, pretty much don't speak to unless spoken. Not, <laughs> in a, but it, it was scared. That's what yeah. I would, you know. But then until he, you know, you get familiar with him. And then, like, the walk was a whole different story, you know. Yeah. You know, talk football, how he can watch the Bears game, how he can get his kids to watch the Bears game that night, you know. Say, hey, you know, this is where you need to watch it, you yeah. know. And he, you know, and just, it's pretty much, yeah, you don't, you just sit and listen. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's just your position. It depends on what, it's all about what position you're in. But in a very, very personal role. Yeah. Amazing, per, you know, group team. Because they've done so many movies and actually doing a movie right now. Cool. So, yeah. Well, um, so now, I mean, we're, we're sitting in your office here at Illumination. And uh, you're you're editing no, animated. No, I'm not editing. I'm assisting. Assisting, <laughs> yeah, uh, you yeah, know. Yeah. But you're you're yeah. working on. Um, yeah. You're working on uh, animated features right. right now, which, you know, if you think about live action films, you know, they try and capture lightning in a bottle, and you as the editor try and arrange it. But in animated, it's all manufactured. Right. You know, it's all. So, what what would you say from your point of view is the dis- difference between? Well, it's what's unique about this one is that I don't get to be around the editor and the director that much because they're all in Paris. So mm-hmm. there's a whole team in Paris, and I'm like the one assistant editor here. So I don't get to see much of the creative process other than what, you know, story elements. Mm-hmm. So what I've picked up on, because I came in a year and a half into this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're talking about Sing? Sing, Sing yeah. is the movie, that which comes out at Christmas time. Yeah. Um, um, it's... You know, they start with a storyboard. They mm-hmm. start with, well, script and storyboard. Then they go into, like, what they call layout. And layout is kind of, like, just blocky. Like a, you know, blocky drawn figure just kind of blocking and moving around the screen. Uh-huh. So, and what's great about this director is the resident director's name is Garth Jennings. And he has his first animated movie. Mm-hmm. But he did, um, he did uh, Son of Rambo. Mm-hmm. Which, which is a great indie flick if you've never seen. I've, I've, I remember was, seeing the poster. But I, I, it's I like a kid it. with like yeah. a bazooka. Yeah. yeah, it's a kid who thinks he's Rambo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, well, he wants to make a Rambo film. Yeah. Yeah, it's a Rambo film. <laughs> and he also did, after that, he did um, Hitchhock, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, I was I didn't know anything about those movies. I'd watch mm-hmm. it. And, anyways, so it's like great to see how he uses the camera. And, and he goes into all the artists and says how I want, he wants the camera to, you know set up each picture and each frame and everything it's really cool and then but it's interesting that you even say camera because there isn't really a camera there isn't really a camera (laughs) but you know he like i'm sure he describes of how he wants you know the how the movement of the because if you're not cutting in a you know in a a scene how he wants to well like i noticed in um inside out i was watching inside out and i noticed there's a steady cam shot in it yeah And, and i go this is animated, and yeah. yet they had the conscious, you know, decision to give it that wobble, you yeah. know, for the creative, you know, reason. But like, it, it's you know, it's just so fascinating to me the idea that as an animated movie, you're still trying to kind of inject this bit of right. Uh, what would you call it? You know? Filmmaking. It's just you know, camera filmmaking. You know, you know, filmmaking, but like stylistics. Uh, nat- this natural, yeah, you know. Uh, kind of unpredictable quality to it, even right. though it's all completely planned out. Right. You know? So, yeah, I mean, and then they go, you know, they decide if that's what they want, and then they go and start doing the lighting, and then, mm-hmm. you know, they then they animate it to, mm-hmm. like, and, you know, it's, like, not what a, what you see 
per se on the screen later that comes like as a call like they call a composition where mm-hmm. it's all nicely lit and everything yeah and uh you know they they watch when we do the record sessions because the actors never see pretty much anything animated before they or they just see a picture of what their character looks like mm-hmm. and then we video them doing all the lines the director feeds them how he wants you know he directs them through the scene mm-hmm. and they do multiple multiple takes of their lines and the animators sometimes watch the video to see how they react. And then yeah. they'll put some of that facial expressions in the actual characters while they're saying those lines. Huh. So, and then that's, you know, then trimming it, you know, after then you start editing these little things together. Yeah. And then when you start making changes, you got to go back and make changes to, yeah. you know, I, this is my first animated movie, so it's all new to me. But, you know, I'm, you know, being away from, since they do a lot of it in Paris, being away from the, the full, full on, you know, creative process. I don't know mm-hmm. the ins and outs of every day, I you know, but yeah. Um, but I, are you curious at all, like to get into lead editing animated? No, or? not at all. <laughs> this is, this will be, this will be the, you know, I'll, I'll be moving on. To, um, goal is to find like, you know, big feature, you know, well, you, what I would say union feature, editing union features mm-hmm. instead of just assisting on them yeah. or even TV, you know, cause I've done some TV. It's, yeah. it's hard. You know, I did a TV show and I got canceled after. Yeah, legit. With yeah, Jim Jeffries. Yeah. yeah, love that. Love that guy and love that show. Yeah, it was it was very unfortunate because it was the one show. I was an assistant editor on the first season. The great director and showrunner and great post team came back for the second season, and I really begged them to let me do mm-hmm. an episode, and they did. It was great. It was super nice of them, and it was the one of the easiest thing. You know, the director I worked with him like. I went through notes with him over the phone for a half hour as we went through the rough cut. And then I did a second round of notes. And it was like that. It was it. You know, it was like, all, I was like, this is, you yeah. know, it's not like that normally, you yeah. know. Was it improv? Did they do oh, improv? that yeah, show is, was so heavy improv. They yeah. do, they do 10 minutes of the, let the camera roll for 10 minutes of the scripted, scripted scene. Uh-huh. And then that scene would completely change 15 minutes into that camp, that take. And it would be something completely different. Yeah. It was so, and like a show like that that's heavily improv, where you use something called um, script sync in the Avid, where you put the lines in and you like mark it up to where if there's there's the line that we've added, maybe some of their and there's a little nick that we make, a little circle that's there that we click, and if you click it, it goes to that start of that line, mm. you know, so you can go through. And you, it's like a line script. It's pretty much a line script, but every line has a little circle that I can click on, and it goes to every single take. Mm-hmm. like of that line so i can go through and gotcha. you know and that made it because when you're running a 20 he ran like sometimes like 25 minute takes yeah They're, those are demoralizing for an editor <laughs> but um it helped a lot but yeah that's super heavy especially when you throw you know a scene when you've got like bob saget with jim jeffries and then you got tom arnold with jim jeffries you got all these andy dick the, the scene with there's a episode with andy dick and jim jeffries and they just i mean every time the scene would go, they'd come up with something different, you know, yeah. the line. So, you know, that's, it did make, it makes it tough, but it makes it interesting. Yeah. And know? so I'd imagine they do some circles of their own when they film it right. like an improv. And so is your job to reconcile the scripted lines with the kind of, Oh, I love that improv line. Yeah. And then try and fit it all together. Yep. It's very yeah. tough. And then sometimes, <laughs> it, and you're hoping that that's been marked for you. Yeah. Cause 
when you have like a 20 minute take like that or 20 to 30 minute take, you, I'm sure the you have no idea. Like the, like, the script supervisor is just like <laughs> trying to like, like, Hey, no, really use this line. <laughs> so we always were like, Hey, if you know, we always made sure like if the director says he likes that line, make sure that improv line is written down. Mm-hmm. You know, the second season, the first season was just a, a free for all second season, which is way better, closer to the script, little lines, mm-hmm. you know, here and there. But yeah, uh, it, uh, it's tough. It was tough, but it, and it was what I was getting to earlier. The first show slash movie I'd ever been on where like every major publication gave it like rave reviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it just, I think legit, I mean, FX just did a terrible job promoting it and mm-hmm. terrible job, you know, getting it out there. And I just think that's mm-hmm. why the numbers weren't great. And even though you go on Netflix or Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb, everything's like 80 or 90 percent. Know, everything's like four, five yeah. stars, you know? So yeah, it was a bummer. Yeah. And I was hoping to move on to that with that. Mm. But then it got canceled. Yeah. Oh, well. What would you say, what did your, when you approach a scene, what are your priorities, I guess, when you look at footage, what, what are the things that are going through your mind as you watch it? Like, what are the things you're checking off? Like, well, can't use that because of this, can't use that because of this, you know, it, it doesn't even work like that. I mean, when I attack a scene, I first like try to go through and see what kind of coverage we have first. And then what I try to do is try to get like a rough layout of the scene right away, real quick, going through and getting the lines, you know, where I want to be setup wise after I know where the setups are, where I know where I want to be for each line, mm-hmm. lay that down, cut it up real quick. And then I've got my scene, go back, watch it, and then really discover, you know, all right, where, you know, who says this line? Fine. Let, all right. Do I want to be on him? Let's find some good reactions. Let's mm-hmm. find, you know, the little eye, the best, like a little tiny eye roll that's just going to help just make the scene so much better. Then mm-hmm. sprinkle in, you know. So I feel like you make the base and then you really go back and then put the toppings on it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the best way to put it. So, and I'm always, when I go through the dailies, I'm always marking up funny moments or looks. Like I mark, like I make markers of the funny looks, what I think is the best take of each line. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's, audibly the best take of each line or if it's the best looking because what i'll do is sometimes i'll take the best read of a line and force it into the mouth of like the best visual i'll force Mm -hmm. it and make it look like that it actually came from that visually came from that take so um so it's like going through and picking out what you want and then really trying to make the scene work Mm -hmm. and flow and making sure you don't disrupt the actor's flow yeah what are your pet peeves with actors like continuity yeah Continuity. Continuity is the worst. The worst is like, hey, that, oh my God, he did that line so well. But like, he's got his, you know, hand on his head or something. And, <laughs> and like the, the, you know, in the wide shot that maybe you're cutting from, his hands are down behind. Yeah. I know it's a tough thing to, to, you know, to go through actors. You know, well, you tell me, I mean, like, it's so hard to actually be in your character and think about continuity. So I Well, understand. the thing is, is that it's not taught. No one ever tells you. You know, oh, really? as an actor, you never really come across people. I was very fortunate to come across a class that yeah. actually taught it. Okay. But it's so rare. Right. Um, that, you know, that awareness of, I put this down here at this time and then, you know, I can't, I can't have my hand up and also keep all gestures below the waist. Right. Uh, you know, stuff like that. Like you, no one really talks about it. Yeah. I mean, it's mentioned, but like as, as, as a, in terms of a discipline, you know, it's not really yeah. talked I mean, about not, as much, which yeah. is interesting. I mean, that's, you know, because it's just like, well, it's like, shit, how, I want to get to, I really want to use this 
take. So you got to figure out a way yeah. to really go back and, all right, I can sacrifice this just because this is this line, this take is going to be much better yeah. this way. I guess my second pet peeve is when the actor's not listening, mm. you know. Like you can tell on the camera. That yeah, I can. Listening. You're not, like, yeah. not listening to the other person. They're just waiting for their cue to say their line. Huh? You know, you can tell. I I, <laughs> I can tell sometimes. You know, because I feel like the best scenes are when you're actually, you know, you know, the characters are listening to each other. Yeah. And reacting to you know, because what I think is the best best what topics in the scene is when a, an actor is actually reacting mm-hmm. to what is being said. Hmm. that's what makes a scene to yeah me. you know the best the best scenes are when you're, you're you're seeing the emotion of necessarily not the person talking but the person reacting to it interesting so, huh yeah cool <laughs> well so uh before we wrap up i yeah. mean uh what was your experience like with highway uh highway was a yeah. lot of fun i mean i've done a lot of you know doing all the assisting on all these major motion pictures i've done a lot of stuff on the side because i want to build my resume and um that worked with a lot of first-time directors and i was Thoroughly impressed with Jeff's, you know, the first time director. I was like, wow, this is really well shot, well acted. Production value was fantastic. And um, it was, it was really, really, it was easy. And it was, it was, I, other than the one day, other one day, and you know what day, I think, do you know what day? Other, the only, day there was of a, filming? Day of fam- there was only one day that was hard for me to cut. And I'll give you I'll give you a guess. What one day that was hard to cut? What one day that was hard to cut because I wasn't feeling it. Do you remember what was your worst day? What What do you think was the worst day? The RV stuff. No. What, what was the the day that you felt like you guys weren't connecting the most? Oh, the first scene. Yep. Uh, the, the first the, day. The first day. The yeah. The uh, treehouse. Yep. And that was the first scene I cut, and I started to get really worried. Like I was oh, like, wow. yeah, I, I was, I I. Cut the first scene. I said, "Yeah, they seem very, t- they seem very timid in this scene, you know." And I, and I could t- and Jet and I. It was funny. I didn't because this was since it was so low budget. I had no paperwork to go yeah. off of. I had to like <laughs> June, who helped me out, assist me. Yeah, we actually were editing this and working on this while we had free time while we were on the walk, and he would line script it for me to help me, you know, figure it out. And I was like, I was like, oh man, I hope you know. And then I think I talked to Jeff or Amber. I said, yeah, that, yeah, they, they, they weren't. They, they just they didn't feel like you know they were connecting that in that scene yet. And, but it works totally now. But you know, yes, yeah, yeah. For those listening, we did solve it. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. Did fix it, and it yeah. looks great. No, it looks great. You would never know. You, you would never, never know, know that it was a tw- three three p.m. to three a.m. shoot <laughs> with guys that <laughs> with guys just, just met. met. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then after that, it was just like, oh, this is so good. Everyone, every all the acting, everyone. Mm. just and i just couldn't believe it was a first-time director mm. you know i was really impressed and then you know i did a rough cut and put in all my you know he he gave me a couple songs and i just started putting in all my own like what i thought were great temp songs mm-hmm. and he came back he's like dude i think we're thinking on the same level and then i finally <laughs> because i put in like all these party pop or pop punk songs and then when we finally met we found out like we liked the same music we grew up on the same music he was obsessed with Robert Zemeckis, yeah. <laughs> you know, was, he, he, his, I was talking about a TV show one time. And, oh, and then I brought up Friday Night Lights. He's like, oh, that's my favorite show. And I'm like, dude, that's my favorite TV show. It was really creepy. It's yeah. It is. Well, there you go. <laughs> as we, as we sit in my office with a clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose sign. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
and it was just like we you know it was great he gave me you know like it was since you know he lived so far away it was easy we'd go through cuts and you go through notes he'd send me notes um typed up and then we finally met and you know just worked plowed through like a director's cut there for, for like three days straight that was great it was a lot of fun mm-hmm. so it was a lot, a lot really easy to work together um it was it was interesting because i you know there were so many scenes right away before we even met i said you're gonna have to take this scene out take this scene out this <laughs> scene's gonna have to be about 70 percent shorter you know because there was a lot of fat scenes mm-hmm. you know a lot i can't remember some of the i felt like some of the rv ones were just extraneous and, and then yeah you know, we'll, you'll get to see some. I think the what, yeah. I knew the Slate Barn guy. What, that I was oh. like, yeah, that I was like that. Rob from Burdenic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said that one's gonna have to go right Despite away. Despite my best efforts to cut it down to a fifty-second scene, there's just no point. <laughs> was no point of it. You know, um, I mean, it's Rob from Burdemic. See, know? I never seen. I never seen. You've that. never heard of. Him and then Burdemic? Jeff was like, "It's he's like Good. from the worst movie ever made." I'm like, "Wait, isn't that called like The Room or something?" The, the yeah. Room and Burdemic are okay. always fighting for that that's, spot that's, of worst right. film ever. Which made. I had never seen The Room before. <laughs> but just like they're watching ceremonies for The Room, like there will yeah. be screenings of it for people to yeah. go. There's also Burdemic like okay. festivals and stuff. I hear everyone always goes to what that that like silent the Beverly Silent yeah, Theater Center family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. And then, yeah, we just, after a couple times of meeting, we just, you know, small notes here and there, you know, mm-hmm. and it was really easy to, and we cut this out of my house. So that was fun with my little one running around. <laughs> um, yeah. No, the best was like, I, I, I guess like the only time I had like a, uh, like, oh, moment. Uh-oh. I, uh, no, go, oh, no, yeah. What's the uh, oh, moment? <laughs> the uh, moment was, it was funny. I, you know, cause making that montage, that night montage where you got the, you know, you're going back to like party, you know, after the whole bro hug on the, on the cliff, uh-huh. I made, I, I went through and had fun with this montage with music. And then my wife comes in, who's actually an assistant editor as well in the same field. I'm like, eh, eh. So I, <laughs> which is great. Cause I knew I was going to make it better. And then like, I went through and I had to try and make it better. And then, <laughs> so Doing a little and, backseat yeah, editing. Yeah, and like, and there was things like, you know, I would turn over to Jeff and Jess like, oh, this is great. And I'm like, I'm not, it's, it's, I'm not done yet, man. And then let me, let me go. I'm still going to go back and work on that. It's just, you know, montages like that, like you wait, it's like the last thing you want to do. Yeah. You know, you want to get all the dialogue stuff done first. And then I kept going back and back and work on it. And it worked, and it turned out pretty good. And I was trying to make it fun and. Oh, it's great. Know, I yeah. thought it's been great since the rough cut. Yeah, but like there wasn't anything special. Like she's like, "There's nothing special. You gotta make it special somehow." You know, so so it was it was fun, and she gave it. You know, she it was cool to get her opinion. She was really impressed with how what we did with Westbrook. Yeah, so all right. Yeah, it was. (laughs) Oh, the best best thing was the, you know, we had to rush it for the festival, and the RV plates. And we weren't done yet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she came back. She's like, I didn't even notice the second time. I totally forgot because they're so awesome looking now. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And then the sound helped. Like, the sound was redone. So, yeah. they, they, we amped the sound and it made it. You just totally forget that. It's so, for crazy. you listening, know that any issues came up, we pretty much fixed them all. Yes. So, you have an issue-free movie to watch. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. we You know, now it's finally visually done. I don't know. Sound done. Everything's close to done. Yeah, everything's pretty much done. Yeah. Uh, we are gonna recolor it for yeah. for like mobile and TV, TV yeah. um, and and phone because right. everybody watches stuff on their phones phone. now. Yeah, but we do have a few screenings left. Yes, go. Yes, go. go. In uh, we're gonna be in Morgantown, West Virginia, July thirteenth, I believe. New oh. York, 
nice. July 17th, and uh, Boston on July 19th. Nice. Yeah, head to our website for more details. <laughs> nice. You, I'd imagine you're not going to come out for those. No. <laughs> too, I've got a little one on the way. Yeah, yeah, So. Cool. Well, um, yeah, thanks so much for taking the time. I mean. Cool. Um, you also worked on The Secret Life of Pets, right? No. No? No. Oh, it's just because you're here. Just because I'm at Illumination, you know. I guess. So. I think I maybe helped one random screening one day. I don't, but you know, <laughs> no, I didn't work on it. Just, uh, well, never mind on that. But yeah, go see it though. It's funny. Yeah, it's really funny. So yeah, no, the one I'm on is Sing. It comes out of Christmas. It's like an American Idols for animals. Mm-hmm. Really heartfelt. Really well done. It's gonna be. It's gonna do well. I think. It's their their best film to date, I believe. Nice. It's actually really like it's like a real. You feel like it's like a real film, mm-hmm. you know. Then you forget you're watching an animated mm-hmm. movie so great yeah cool well go see sing and uh see your wonderful assistant editing work nice yeah <laughs> and uh no you you know it takes a takes a some people say it takes a village i like to say it takes a city it does especially <laughs> in animated with these movies i know it does yeah so uh cool and uh thanks so much for taking time Did yeah, anything else you want to promote or go see mm, oh yeah go uh on Seven Eleven. So if you're a bowling fan, 7-Eleven is what? July 11th? Yeah, July 11th. 7-Eleven is... It's a store? No, in bowling, it's a split. Split. Oh. There you go. Okay. So on 7-Eleven... 710? 7-10, excuse me. Well, I, <laughs> I have a doctor's appointment on 7-Eleven. That's... <laughs> 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 I have a doctor. Excuse me, seven ten. You like, you looked at me like I'm an asshole. Yeah, like seven no, eleven, like I mean, bowling. No, seven eleven, <laughs> like, like the team. You know, no, no I've you know, I've got a doctor's appointment, and my wife scheduled something for that day. That's why it's a bit. But seven ten on iTunes. Uh, one of the films that I did with a buddy of mine that who we started in Kentucky together. He made his first feature, Split. Um, split. Mm-hmm. Uh, he calls it the first romantic bowling comedy it's up for <laughs> pre- bowling rom-com yeah, yeah it's up for pre-order on uh itunes and Sweet. uh if you like bowling and if you like you know if you like bowling and you know who pete weber is pete weber's in it and um if you liked like the style of like clerks and mall rats and uh, what's what's the Oh, and if you're a Lebowski fan, Big Lebowski fan, Big Lebowski, there's King a lot. Man. There's a lot of Big there's Lebowski. There's a lot of good bowling movies out there. Yeah, there's a lot of. <laughs> it's, it's about you know a lot of Lebowski references. There's mm-hmm. like footage from Lebowski fests all over the nation. So, you know, it's definitely worth a rent on iTunes if you're bored one night. Yeah. <laughs> cool. yeah. Well, go see Split, go see Sing, go see Secret Life of Pets, and Highway to Happiness. Yes, definitely Highway to Happiness. Stay tuned and. Uh, yeah, thanks so much for your time, Drew. Thanks. Yeah, and uh, now all that's left is the sign-off. Watch out! All right. Sweet. <laughs>